Welcome to Discover Barnstable, the official podcast of the town of Barnstable, a podcast where you can meet the people who steward the programs and services that connect us to our quality of life here in the town of Barnstable. We invite you to join the conversation as we navigate municipal government and our community pathways to help you discover Barnstable. On this episode of Discover Barnstable, we are joined by Director of Community Services, Chris Ganella. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So we're going to do a little Hyannis Golf building update because there were some unfortunate things that happened in the building. So let's start with burst pipe that happened. Yeah. And how and why and... Well, I mean, it's an antiquated building. It's an older building, I believe 1980 uh, construction. Um, if everybody remembers a real cold week back in February, it was February 4th, actually, and I got that uh, phone call that there was water in a building that shouldn't be there um, and went out to the site, and it was completely uh, inundated with water. The pipe burst on the third floor, which is the office area in an eave space that was insulated, and actually staff had made preparations, um, left certain vents open and doors open and the heat up, um, but unfortunately it wasn't enough and it succumbed to the cold temperatures and it uh, poured water throughout from the third floor all the way down to the basement level. Yeah, if, if you're gonna have a pipe burst, that's almost kind of like the worst <clears throat> possible scenario is the third floor because it's just gonna go down to the second floor, down to the first floor, it's just and it's gonna ruin everything. <laughs> It was, uh, it was quite the sight to see. Um, the function room area on the, on the ground level, I call it, or the first floor, uh, when I went there, the water was still coming out of the ceilings, the, the drywall was hanging down. Oh, um, and then you got down the stairs to the lower level and it was probably three to four inches of water. Um, things floating. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was quite the scene. Wow. So it's February, not necessarily a hot, golf time it's not you know the courses aren't jam-packed full of people but there there are those hardy people that are still playing golf 365 days a year so what what did you guys do immediately to kind of stabilize the situation well first and foremost we contacted an emergency contractor to come out and try to get the water um, and and everything kind of stabilized um we are very fortunate community services and this town knows residents and visitors of the courses that our staff is excellent. We immediately shifted gears because typically we have Old Barnesville Fairgrounds closed during that time of the year. And with not having a clubhouse and not being insured within a day, we were able to open that golf course, recutting of cups, putting out tee markers. So we closed Hyannis just in the short term, not having a clubhouse and not knowing what was going on, but then members and other people still had a place to play golf. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So we were very fortunate with doing that. And um, Jesse Sheckman, the director of golf, kind of handled that first response as far as getting a contractor out there, setting up um, dehumidifiers. Um, that was the initial phase of it is to try to let's remedy the situation to where we are and and then we can go from there. We have procurement processes and everything else that we have to go through. Yeah, but. so that's the, kind of the next part is like, what has the process been like since February? Because, you know, at first you're just kind of triaging, you're trying to get the water to stop, you're kind of drying things out. And the next piece of it is dealing with insurance companies and procurement and kind of going down that road. And it's it was a lot of damage and a lot that had to be taken into account in order to make a plan to move forward. Yeah, I, I, it's... 
it's a challenge. Um, again, we're very fortunate to have people with asset management and David Anthony and insurance and help me navigate this first process to me. Um, but having some DPW experiences I have and knowing the conditions of an older bit building or the potential, um, it was, uh, it's not just, oh, you can have a demolition crew come in and take care of things. We knew that there were asbestos materials. There had to be a building hygienist come out. Uh, they did moisture maps. They did asbestos maps. We had uh, two rounds of asbestos testing done. Um, then you're trying to work with an insurance company to, to do a direction of payment because anything over the $10,000 threshold, and we're going, we have the wet floors. The floors are wet. You know, uh, it's not doing any service by being there. Um, and trying to navigate those initial processes of, of getting some of the abatement work done after the testing. Um, those things are, I, I found to be easy now that I'm kind of where we are today. Um, but those, whole, those other processes lead to, we don't have ADA compliancy. Um, you know, and you reach certain thresholds with trying to rehabilitate a building and you have to now install everything to code. So now we're up against code compliancy um, as far as a, a potentially a sprinkler system being installed. Um, ADA access, uh, we just submitted a letter to get a, a lift improved in, uh, approved instead of a, um, an elevator. Um, there's challenges that come with those. It just It's a never-ending tree. So you say, oh, we need a, a sprinkler system. Well, the water capacity um, that is needed is a six-inch main line. And the closest hydrant is on 132, and it's a four-inch main line. So now we're going through a process of trying to navigate conservation, bring in an, a separate pipe that would just run the sprinkler system. Um, so like I said, every time you think you nail down something, something else kind of explodes from that point. Mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. um, but I'm happy to say that it, it's frustrating, um, the processes, and you want things done, but I mean, having a loss at your own home or anybody that has understands that these things take time. And this is a, you know, a typical house on Cape Cod, 1,500 to 2,000 square feet. We're talking about a 10,000 square foot building. Yeah, it's not a small space. No, and, and asbestos and staff. I mean, we've had to relocate staff out of there. Um, and just navigating that process and then trying to work with the insurance company as far as, you know, even trying to get to a point where we are now, where we've hired an architectural firm to work with, work with us and the insurance company um, was quite a dollar amount. It was over $140,000 just to try to help us produce those documents. But I think it's a huge step and it took a long time to get to that point. Uh, and there has been some activity on that. I can just say that uh, we have received in this last week um, preliminary 90% drawings. Um, and we also looked at it, as I mentioned during the uh, budget calendar and presentation of town council, I'm a big proponent of doing things right and trying to do them once. Yes. So we had a concessionaire in there and, um, you know, they had put a lot of their own money into that facility, um, but it was condensation and pipes and, and all these other issues. And there's three different HVAC components. So if we have everything torn up, similar as your own house, it's like, well, now could be the time to really make these things and solidify these things for the next you know, 20, 30 years with this building, along with ADA compliancy. How about efficiencies? Right. Uh, LED lighting, um, new electrical panels. Uh, we're looking at the whole entire HVAC system. Wow. Yeah, none of the pipes in the whole building as far as HVAC were insulated, not one. Wow. So, yeah, it's a huge, 
investment, it but is. it's a cost savings down the road and it's what's right environmentally. Right. So at the end of the day, I'm hopeful that we can get a good insurance claim and that we can get you know a capital improvement project funded for those things that aren't related to the loss right. that are pertinent to do at this time. So let's talk about, um, so this happened in February, but you still had a great summer season. So what are some of the changes that you made and that are gonna continue next summer as well so people are aware this isn't gonna be a quick turnaround. The, the, the building is not gonna be in use probably till 2025, thinking? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like to. Uh, you don't give give exacts. I, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't. I don't like to give dates, but I like to also, you know, work in in real time. Right. Um, you know, these processes are ongoing. I would anticipate if I was a, a a member or someone visiting the course that we will are doing our best to secure our concession. Um, we had a mobile truck out there through Mass Military Support Foundation this year. Mm-hmm. We're in the process now of trying to renew that. Again, it's another complicated process. Yep. They had a three-year lease, and now it's a two-year renewal. It's like, well, how can we renew a lease for a building we don't have? Exactly. But on the same token, we need to be equitable and find out if there's anybody else that would like to come to that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing from HYCC, concessions are hard to get. But I would, I would expect that we're going to have a food and beverage service. Um, I would expect great playing conditions. We're looking at closing, as you know, um, we're closing Hyannis again this year, shifting operations to Old Barnesville Fairgrounds, and we're hoping that that'll allow some extra maintenance, some tree work. I know they just recently sawed the 10th tee. Um, you know, playing conditions as, as best as they can be. Um, you know, operations will be out of that mobile pro shop again. Um, the portable bathrooms will be there again and wash stations. I would say probably status quo for next year. Um, my hope is that uh, we can have all of the mobile, um, the mobile trailer and the bathrooms and everything put away next November, and that we are at least have our staff back in, and as you mentioned, you know, kicking off things in the spring of 2025. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed, but we also know that, like you've already said, things kind of pop up and you have to deal with them as they come up. So the goal will be for 2025, but everyone needs to be a little bit flexible. Yeah, I mean, it, we want it. We want it back worse than anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we've been Being very... in flux is not. No, fun. but I mean, and, and people look at it, and, and we're very fortunate that golf is in the state of where it is. It's, it, it experienced a huge amount of growth during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things, I don't know if you've ever played, but it, it, it is quite addictive, and people love it. And it's something that you can do from a very young age to a very old age. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, more than the function room in these large events, the things that concern um, Director Sheckman and myself are those small groups. So if you and I were coming from, you know, two different states as college friends and we wanted to have, you know, you're bringing three of your friends and I'm bringing three of my four. It's those eight to 12 people that we're really trying, you know, to to accommodate now and in hopes that they will return on on an annual basis. Um, We are working, again, through the Capital Improvement Project um, we're trying to submit several things, but I mean, the money is what it is, and we'd love to be able to do uh, a bunker renovation project at Hyannis Golf Course. We're really trying to bring it back, not just the clubhouse, but the whole facility, and now it's kind of a relaunch, which would then, you know, bring people back. Like, wow, this place has really come around. It's a state-of-the-art clubhouse now. Mm-hmm. They've redid the bunkers, which was our number one complaint, and let's go play Hyannis Golf Course. Right. Had, did you notice any changes in the revenue over the summer with the with the golf operations? Yeah, I mean, there was some, definitely some lost revenue. I mean, we didn't get any uh, funds from the concessionaire, which we, we which we would typically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I think that there is definitely some lost revenue. But with the added growth of golf, I think the biggest issue is accessibility to playing golf. So what are you? What are we taking care of? We're taking care of our members first. So if these other outside events don't happen, it, it, it's a double-edged sword, so to speak. Right. So you're giving people who want to play golf and are who have paid the money to become members more time, and you're, yet you're reducing revenue from having these other people who do pay daily or, or larger functions. Right. Is there anything else about this whole Hyannis Golf Building that you, you know? I didn't. Maybe I didn't ask you, and you want to make sure our listeners are aware of. No, it's just the um, the staff is doing what we can to be as friendly and courtesy as we can. And, and like I said, they've had to shift different places and different operations. And, you know, please be patient with us. We're here to uh, to accommodate the people who want to get there. And we have our eyes on, uh, on improving the facility. And I think we're in a situation, meaning the town, uh, financially viable, um, where we're actually gener- generating surplus, mm-hmm. where I anticipate and, and I'm hopeful that we all have a great golf course. It's not really the, the second fiddle to old Barnesville Fairgrounds. I mean, I haven't played golf with four children in seven years, but uh, it's two different golf courses. It's a much more challenging golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, my hope is that that becomes just as, as well-renowned as, as old Barnesville Fairgrounds does. Wonderful. So we're gonna switch gears right now. We're gonna go to our our extra bonus question for you. Um, if I was to look at the top of your playlist for music, what are you listening to right now? Well, I have Apple Music and I have uh, Sirius XM. Um, and this is a great question, and, and um, it's a trick question, but I've actually asked it during an interview <laughs> uh, because it kind of tells you where people are at. Oh. I I love all kinds of music, but uh, Jerry Garcia, uh, Grateful Dead. All the way. Okay. Now, I can go anywhere from Sam Cooke to country to old school 90s rap, but the staple in my playlist is definitely The Grateful Dead. If wow. my five-year-old can sing songs of it, then <laughs> I've done something wrong or right, depending on your perspective. And this is why I love this question, because I would have never guessed that you were a deadhead. But now I know. Full-blown. You get to know a little bit, a little bit extra something about people when you ask that question. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Um, Thanks for spending time with us and listening to Discover Barnstable, the official podcast of the town of Barnstable. We hope you found a new understanding of how your municipal government works for you and our community. Be sure to drop us a line at podcast at town.barnstable.ma.us and let us know what you would like to discover next. Until next time, go Discover Barnstable.